Welcome to History 21, the podcast, a production of the Anoka County Historical Society, sharing the stories and audio journeys from our county's past and present. Morning, Sarah. Hello, Rebecca. How are you today? I'm in one of those moods. Can you tell? I can. Little balls all over the place. Uh... Apparently all of my examples are cat-related. I'm censoring them in my head. <laughs> it's, it's not untrue, actually, because Ninja this morning was running up and down the hallway, and there are roughly seven balls in the hallway that he was chasing that my beloved will come home and trip over now that I'm thinking about it. So, <laughs> sorry, Darcy. My new cat waits patiently for me to wake up. It just He just stares at me. He's not a meower until I'm up and then is like, Hey, you want to play with me? Come on. <laughs> Come on out here. Our new person, Lindsay, who you will meet in this podcast, also has cats. So apparently that is a requirement of working here. We love all animals. We do. Well, Don and Karen have a dog. Okay, fine. Token dog. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, we have a new staff member, and her name is Lindsay. And she's a wonderful human being. She's working on development with us and fundraising, helping us pull some programs together and get some more money in so we can pay for some new interns and other special projects. So you'll meet her in this episode. Let's listen to Lindsay. It's very alliterative. (laughs) We're going with it. Lindsay, it is so wonderful to be sitting here face-to-face with you, having an actual conversation rather than just seeing you in the little Zoom box. I've gotten so used to seeing you that way. Yeah, uh, it's very odd as far as coming out of Zoom and coming out of the computer. It's it's a world that we're inching into a little bit, which is always good. So uh, likewise, I'm happy to be here. Oh, that's brilliant. So you've had quite a path getting to ACHS for this contract position that we've hired you for as our development specialist, which I'm super excited about to introduce you to all of our listeners out there as our new human for the next year. What do these people need to know about you right now? Well, I can say that, yeah, it has been a journey, but not one that hasn't been without learning along the way, which is great. Uh, So me personally, I guess a little bit of background, I am a theater person in in and out. I graduated from St. Mary's way too long ago uh, with a theater degree, and then I came back to the cities. The Twin Cities is my home, uh, primarily northern suburbs, and very familiar with Anoka County. I have had family throughout my life in various locations, Coon Rapids, Plains, Plain Park, here in Anoka, across the river, so um, very familiar with all the hangout spots. So I came back to the cities, and unfortunately it was during the recession, so I didn't have a whole ton of theater work ready for me right then and there, since it's one of those degrees that you don't get automatically scooped up and given a nice cushy <laughs> job of thousands of dollars with benefits. So I jumped back into uh, uh, customer service. I was a customer service rep for a bunch of years before I went into college. I, I waited a little bit after high school. And then... Um, I fell into a position for about six years in the logistics industry, which is, I can tell you, some interesting stories of. (laughs) And then after that, I um, 
I decided that, you know, with the, with some of the current political things that were happening, just because it wasn't the same as my values, I really felt that I, I wasn't doing what I wanted to in my life as far as, as my career. And so the only way to hopefully, fingers crossed, get the job that I wanted, I would have to be to change my resume since it was all logistics and customer service. No nonprofit organization or, or something that I wanted to go into that essentially would help someone would probably hire me just because the hiring process is interesting these days. Um, and so I decided to go back to school and I figured that that was gonna be the easiest thing. So I knew of a program here in the city is from St. Mary's that uh, was, it originally started as arts administration, but uh, they have, or it has since morphed into what they call arts and cultural management, which is basically nonprofit management. Uh, and I started in 2017 and then the pandemic hit. And I, so I graduated in 2020. And along with that, it, the pandemic basically wiped out my entire uh, industry. So theaters, museums, concerts, everything closed down. It's good to be back face to face and it's good to have museum things going on again too. So I just kind of kept my ear to the ground. I was um, looking at various sites as far as different like nonprofits and different in, in all different fields. And then you guys had a posting for the development specialist and I said, there was something that I don't know, it just kind of clicked and this is gonna be kind of cheesy, but I, I I feel like there's some kind of connection. I don't know if it's like a, you know, I'm not that much of a spiritual person or anything, but I feel like there are just karma things kind of leading me to where I needed to be. Like everything just literally clicked with you, right, Rebecca, when you had, um, you know, I had said that I really love you guys' hiring process, the blind hiring process, because I think, there's a lot of bias through uh, a lot of different companies and um, and even like our first conversation and things, it, it was just, it was great. I applied and it was one of those things where I, I definitely was having a chorus line moment of, God, I hope I get it. Like it definitely was that. Um, and then when you called, it was, I, I can't remember how many people I called afterwards. And it has been a journey and a, and a very tiresome, tiresome, tiresome one, but it just makes you even more happy to be here, more eager to, to, to do what I need to do to help you guys out and, and be here. So I'm, I'm very, very excited to be here. I love it. I, I think the word inspiring is overused as someone with a disability. <laughs> I believe the word inspiring is overused, but truly am grateful that your journey brought you here. It makes what we can do together and what we can do for you as an employer all the more special. I think that we just have that opportunity to have hired the right person and be able to help the right person out in the world. And I love that partnership. Yeah, and I I know that we've kind of like mentioned hints and things. I and funnily enough, one of the the volunteers here had said, you know, she she's just been here forever. I I have nothing on the I mean, I would love to have things on the horizon, but I have nothing on the horizon. So, I mean, if this turns into a longer than a year contract position, uh, I'm I'm very open to that. My my future is a big question mark. You know, like I said, I I had planned to have greatness of finding some kind of museum or theater or, you know, and, and it could be in Minnesota, it could be, who knows? I absolutely love this state. I think um, the different funding and different programs that we have to help 
both nonprofits, but especially the arts, you know, with the legacy funding and everything like that. I mean, our our um, our programs to help um, both uh, nonprofits of all kinds are incredible and and one of a kind in this country. So I really. I'm not looking to leave Minnesota anytime soon, but who knows where my journey would have led me. But um, I think that things happen for a reason. And so you guys have got me as long as you need me. And as long as you like keeping me around, I'm, I'm here. And so, yeah, if, if, if anybody's going to be stopping by the museum, it's, it's possible you might see me. I might be in and out and on the ground, too, out and about in the, in the county meeting people, too. So it'll be a good time. Oh, that's going to be wonderful. And, you know, you've only been here a month. So what do you think are the most promising areas of growth for ACHS right now? For sure. I have been absolutely impressed with how much you guys have done to keep things so well organized and so well oiled and just so, so the the groundwork for a really, really fantastic development program is there. Um, the work that you've done, the work that Sarah's done, the work that volunteers have done, you know, Karen and Don, the board, you guys have all laid, I feel like it's kind of like a railroad that's going to come through and like you guys have laid like each of the little wooden, I don't know what the actual name is, so I'm going to probably mess that up, but like each of the wooden, you know, like spoke things and like the rails are there. We've just got to get the train going now. So everything is there and that makes me super excited. I worked as a development specialist at Park Square. I forgot to mention that in my kind of history, but I was lucky enough to have a year and a half with them during my schoolwork. Uh, my fund development professor was like, hey, come along, come on down and, and, and do some stuff with us. And obviously a professional theater wanted to work with me. I'm not gonna say no to that if you guys wanna give me some money for doing something. Um, but it made me, it, it gave me a lot of, of good ins and outs of, of kind of like the baseline of development. But unfortunately, the other thing that it didn't give me is that it didn't allow me to, I was kind of the, the data entry person, which is absolutely fine and completely necessary when you have development. Um, but the ideas that I had to kind of say, oh, hey, like we, we should do this, or maybe we should try this kind of thing with, with this group of people. Um, those, those were really restricted to just in my head. I would share them both with our development manager there and the executive director who at the time was not only my professor, but truly, I mean, this man is born for development. I mean, he is as, as classy and charismatic of a guy as you will ever meet in your life. Um, so I learned from the best, but, um, yeah, it, I, I, it makes me really excited because all of that data entry stuff and all of the stuff that you guys have done along the way, are, everything is just really great. You guys have a really, really great established membership base. You guys have a really great, I am so impressed with, with what you guys have done over the pandemic, you know, with the vault and with the podcast here. And, and even by having the, the museum open, maybe it's not as as busy as it might have been but i mean you guys still are are in it and you guys are here and i mean considering there are so many different places that either aren't open or haven't had the opportunity to come back it's incredible so i'm really excited about that there's not a lot of groundwork that i need to do it's just kind of like getting myself familiar with the system and then it's going to be hitting the ground running and so if people are going to you know if
If anybody listening right now sees my name on an email or sees my name on like a letter or something that you guys receive, like that would be the reason why, because um, because Sarah and, and Aaron and Audra um, and all the volunteers who have helped throughout the, um, the time of the museum and then especially Rebecca have, have, have made everything so, so great and have built everything so strongly. So much of running a nonprofit is fundraising. Why do you think matching donors to their causes has become such a difficult task? That's a heavy sigh, and that's how I feel about it. <laughs> do you know, so in my coursework, I was required to obviously have a capstone paper, and, and there are many things that interest me, but uh, fundraising really interests me right now because I think that we're, we're approaching a really interesting time, and I thought this before COVID, but we're approaching an interesting kind of um, plateau where one generation who was extremely, extremely um, giving in in their um, in in so many aspects, not just with volunteering, but I mean also monetarily. You know, the I remember my my grandparents had such a such a proclivity to make sure that they were supporting the causes that they believed in and. They, it was it was definitely um, something that was passed on to their children, and I think that um, it, I think that the I, I don't want to categorize generations by any means, and I, I love every person no matter what age you are. But I think that kind of that that older generation is is one that is really really um, really generous in in their giving. Um, like I said, with volunteering and with with money too, and so we're moving into this kind of position where people like me, who I am older than I would like to be, and I am amazed at at, at how old I am at this point. Like I still sometimes I'm like, oh my god, like what's happening? And my mom is retiring this year, and like it just you don't feel older. It's just a number, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but people my age, I mean, unfortunately, my reality is is that I have college debt that I probably will be paying until the day I die. And so my generation, unfortunately, has a lot to deal with. And so it's it's such a shift, too, because my generation, while we do have a lot of burdens on our shoulders, we are one that is A-OK with spending, you know, a monthly uh, fee on Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus and all of these different subscription services. So how do we move that subscription service to donations? Whether it's with the, the historical society, which obviously we hope that it is, but it's with anything because I think that the old tried and true model of donations and and you know the the big tried and true um, appeal you know way of contacting donors of even like old-fashioned mailings is going by the wayside so it's it's how do you adapt to that and I think it's also a matter of um, changing things and making sure that everyone is involved and represented as well you know I think that that's it's it's incredibly uh, relevant to our world today just in general but I think that it's important you know what what is what is someone's motivation that maybe they are not represented 
very clearly in, in a lot of our, our history on display. Like, what is their motivation for donating to us? And how do we access, you know, how do we, how do we reach them? How do we, how do we speak to them? And how do we make sure that their history is recognized too? And granted, there's a lot of history in Anoka County that maybe is specifically focused on a certain group of people. It's Minnesota. I understand where we're coming from, but our, our demographics are also changing too. So um, it's a it's an interesting time, but it's it, donations are the lifeblood of of a nonprofit, no matter what kind of nonprofit it is. And what is helpful, and like I said, the the interesting thing with the generations, you know, phasing in and out that that interested me prior to COVID. But I do think that the pandemic made us all realize how short life can be and how important it is to really care about the things that you like. And it made us realize what what we miss in the world. You know, I um, I have a lot of friends in, in theater who are are still struggling to find work to to try and and make ends meet somehow. And, um, you know, I, I haven't been to a theater performance, gosh, I have no idea how long. I mean, even going to a movie theater has been a long time. So how can we help the things that we we miss and the things that we we long to go back to, whether it's concerts or festivals or, or state fair or whatever it happens to be, you know, the only thing that we can really think of and, and, and do is donate, um, you know, the way that you can help considering that a ticket might not be feasible is is a donation. And so I think that people really do want to make sure that the things that they love and they enjoy and programs that they know are, are doing great things, they want them to survive. And so I think that's that's the biggest thing is, is of fundraising and making sure that, that um, you know, people are donating to the causes that they enjoy. I think one of the things that we run into as a history center as a problem or a, a hurdle is that some people don't even know we exist. And, and it baffles me because every county has a historical society. Mm-hmm. There's actually 500 historical societies in the state of Minnesota. <laughs> so the idea that people don't know we exist baffles me. But it's there, and I hear it constantly, no matter where we are, that, oh, we have a history center. Yeah, you have a history center. So even just raising the awareness is fascinating to me that there's still so much work to be done there. Absolutely. And you run into the problem, too, is, you know, with... It, it is interesting when you look at a budget of, of a place such as the Historical Society or, you know, for for my purposes, my history of the Park Square, like you look at the, every single line item on a budget has to be paid by donations because we're not, you don't pay for, I mean, you pay for memberships obviously, but that's also kind of, you know, in-kind donation. Um, but, you know, we, we aren't making a profit. And so um, everything that we have in this museum currently stands the, the items that have been donated for the, the, the collection, obviously, but from toilet paper to the soap you use to wash your hands to hand sanitizer to um, pens and pencils and copy paper and, and our heating bills. And everything we do has to be paid with donations. And so anything that people can give, be it $1, $5, $200, whatever it is, like it will be put to, to great use, trust. I mean, absolutely. And the thing that is difficult too is, 
Um, not only is it that people don't know about the historical society, but people also assume that um, for whatever reason, museums a lot of the time have like big endowments and, um, you know, they think that it's, you know, the, the modern museum of art, like why would they need donations? Or even like the Guthrie, like why does the Guthrie need donations? Like they have, you know, beautiful programs and they have expensive tickets. That may be true, but at the same time, um, and they may have endowments as well, but at the same time, you know, it, it takes a lot to keep people on staff and keep them employed and keep the lights on at the same time. So there's a lot of, of pieces. And so if, if people think about their own budgets, you know, everybody is extremely pressed right now. If we be at the inflation with gas prices and, and food, it's the same for us, like, except for the fact that add everything onto that budget like every little thing is 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 something that we are asking people to help with so um and grants are are helpful and we do have a couple partners that have, have been extremely gracious or you know generous with with grants that we've been awarded but um a lot of a lot of the work that we do and a lot of the things that that um that the museum here does is because of people like you and and i say that as 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 you as listeners, because history, I mean, history happens with all of us anyway, but history wouldn't exist as far as history here at the, the museum if it wasn't for um, for our subscribers and our donors and our visitors and and the people who, who want to keep our lights running, so. No, I think you put that very succinctly, thank you. Hey, uh, speaking of our donors and our subscribers that are listening, uh, what can they look forward to as far as what your goals are this year? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the biggest thing is that I want to make sure that people are aware of what to do when they want to donate. Um, I, I, things are still in the works. Um, we're talking about a couple of events that we're, we're hoping to bring down the line. So keep your emails and ears and and eyes open for any kind of newsletters or, or you know, e-blasts or anything like that as far as things that you can come to or, or attend. Um, there are some different kind of like fun programs that I'm, I'm possibly thinking about and talking about with Rebecca that we might um, bring into the mix of people who love history because you wouldn't be listening to the podcast if you didn't love history and who doesn't. Um, so it's it's gonna be just a lot of contact and um with funding and um and fundraising and things like that it's it's more about relationships than anything else and uh we want we want you to feel like you're um you're a part of this museum as well because again our our history is all intertwined what we do every single day is intertwined with each other and and we built this amazing tapestry that is currently in the works of being on display in this in this space and so anything that we can do to enhance that is is helpful and so that's that's more than anything else i want to hear your story like how does history affect you and um can we maybe use your story and and bring it to life a little bit and could you maybe help us in in the long run as well um and so what kind of partnerships can we can we build together Oh, I love that. I love that you use the word relationships. And I, well, of course I love you because you know, I hired you. So this is why we hired her people. She's got good interviewing skills. Uh, Lindsay, this has been such a wonderful conversation. I really appreciate your time. And I hope that our listeners have gotten a little snapshot of who you are 
and dare I say they could email you and set up a coffee or a lunch and get to know you a little bit better? 100%. I have nothing but time on my hands and my time is you guys' time. So uh, my email is my name and I know that there's 80 bajillion different spellings of Lindsay. So it's S-A-Y. So it's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y at Anoka History. Uh, sorry, anokacountyhistory.org. Um, you can certainly email me there and um, otherwise... I will probably be sending out some kind of, um, you know, e-blast to a lot of different folks soon. So you might have my email in that as well. Um, but you can also give us a call as well. And um, I might have my phone number ready, readily available for anybody who wants to chat or, or who wants to get together for coffee or um, in the park. Because, hey, fingers crossed, spring is actually happening soon. Mm-hmm. Um, on a day that we actually did have sun for a second. Um, but yeah, I am very open and would love to chat with anybody and, and everybody. And I, I, I love hearing about how the museum has helped you and how the museum has, has inspired you to in your life because history is everything. And I, I just think of my, my grandparents who were such a huge part of my life. History, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them, quite honestly. And we always were the people who stopped at those at the the road the roadside, you know, like the wayside historical markers along the way, and trips to the Kelly Farm, which I know is in Anoka, isn't in Anoka County, but it's close enough. And um, you know, they instilled a, a love of history to, for me, and um, and they're a big part of my history, and so that's why I am here as well. So I would love to hear what what has Anoka County and what has the museum done for. Um, done for you and sparked in, in, in you. I love it. Thanks, Lindsay. You have a wonderful afternoon because the sun is going to come back out. <laughs> I promise. Fingers crossed. Yep. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. All right. Read all about it in the Noka County Library Minute. Hello, my name is Diana Nurberg, and I'm a librarian working for Anoka County Library. I'm here to offer up some resources related to this episode's topic. Let's get started. First, we have Hope on the River, an unlikely captain's 1,700-mile Mississippi River journey on a leaky raft to save his nonprofit by Eric Mishy. Now, this is an inspiring true story about a man determined to save his nonprofit from extinction in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic. He set sail on the Mississippi River hoping to raise funds and found that, more than that, he was able to raise the hopes of the people he met along the way. Next, we have Start Your Own Nonprofit Organization by Corbin Collins. For those interested in starting their own nonprofit or those interested in how nonprofits operate via donations and fundraising, read this book published by Entrepreneur Magazine's Startup Series. Next, we have Life's Great Question, Discover How to Contribute to the World by Tom Rath. From the author of StrengthsFinder 2.0 comes a book about figuring out your own personalized, optimum way to give back. Finally, we have The Giving Way to Happiness, Stories and Science Behind the Transformative Power of Giving by Jenny Santi. Now, this is filled with first-hand accounts from famous philanthropists, actors, authors, and more. This book demonstrates how giving back is actually good for you. In addition to the stories told, the author incorporates research about how giving activates our brains. Thank you for listening to this episode's Library Minute. 
We hope to see you at the library soon. Until next time, happy learning. Get those library cards and reserve your copy today. Direct links to these books and more can be found in the episode show notes at anocacountyhistory.org. So Sarah, now that we've listened to Lindsay on a loop. (laughs) Stop it! Everyone, send us your puns. Annoy Sarah. Well, those weren't technically puns, but still annoying. (laughs) Getting loopy. Oh, look, another L. Yeah, Mm. I did it for you. The good news is that you can see Lindsay in person on May 22nd at the annual meeting here at the Anoka County Historical Society. Do you have to be a member to come? You do not. Yay! (laughs) You could be a member in training. You could come with a member. Friends of members. Yeah, our annual meeting is going to be here at the History Center in downtown Anoka. Uh, We'll have a business meeting because we have to have a business meeting. But we'll keep it pretty short and then show off awesome things around the museum. We'll have some cool stations set up. We will have the federal exhibit sort of ready by then. So it'll be a under construction behind the scenes look at the federal exhibit. We've got some oral history stations. And other surprises. You don't want to give it all away. We have a month. (laughs) Oh, if it wasn't clear, we're recording this in advance. (laughs) Come on down to the History Center for the annual meeting, but if you're too far away, sign in. We're going to have attendance by Zoom as well keeping the accessibility in all of our events moving forward. So we'll have that link on the main page of the website, so it's easy to find. And uh, we'll hope to see you, either in person or digitally. And uh, for the podcast, we'll uh, see you next time. That's lots of seeing. <laughs> We're going with it. We're pirates. On scene. Bye, everyone. If you have a question... Want to visit our show notes page for each episode or would like to share your own story, go to anokacountyhistory.org. Help History 21, the podcast, reach more ears by subscribing and reviewing on your podcast provider. We're all over social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for all those who scroll by. And for our vault members, you can find special access to podcast extras as well as the latest digital resources at History 21, the vault, located on our website. Remember, the present is the past of the future.